This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> well, 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 Matt, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I had uh, I had tacos for dinner before I came to the graveyard, so that's my confession. Well, we're in trouble. Please forgive me. Well, <laughs> I uh, I feel I'll be doing a lot of muting this episode. <laughs> this episode of Graveyard Tales brought to you in Smell-O-Vision. Right. <laughs> Smell-O-Vision, not a sponsor. So, <laughs> And not available on the merch store. <laughs> right. Not yet, at least. We're working on it. Uh, when that technology becomes available, Graveyard Tales will be the first to have it, though. I, I, I remember seeing a thing where they they actually had a thing. It was like a pad, and you could download things, and you would lick the pad, and you could taste them. That's just... Surely surely that was just a complete mock-up video. And yeah, it was, that had It was to, forever ago, That years had to ago. have been a fake, man. They do have a thing, though. Speaking of pads, they've got a thing that you put your phone into. Yeah. And it's this big device, and it's got like a oval shaped button on the bottom of it and you video call your significant other and y'all can kiss through this pad because it creates a haptic response. So you press your face up against that, like you're kissing it and it will put the same pressure back on your significant other on the other side. And I'm sorry, but there's more to kissing than pressure. So to make this realistic, it's got to have like a, a tongue and everything else. But that would that that would just be too much, you know? Can you imagine? Yeah, we're we're, we're venturing in somewhere we don't need to go. That's true. That's let's just, let's back out of this. This rabbit tangent hole. is going to go a bad way. <laughs> Maybe on a Patreon episode we'll talk that's about that. That's true. So let's let's stop it where it's at. Sorry, that's where my brain went when you were talking about licking a pad. <laughs> Um, but I swear I didn't make it up. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creme brulee. Ah, uh, lick the pad. Well, that's what it tastes like. <laughs> tastes like LCD screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as most of y'all know, um, Ashley and I were in Florida last week. And bring this up just because, Matt, you and I have talked. Synchronicities are a big part of my life for some reason. Yeah. Like, We'll do an episode, and the night we're about to record, whatever we're doing that episode on, I'll see three TV shows about it. Yeah. Or, you know, it'll pop up all over the internet. And, yeah, it could be Google because I'm searching for it, but how does my TV get it? How does Netflix know when, I don't you know, know. That, that stuff, Discovery that Channel stuff, know? It blows my mind because I, I will be shopping for something, mm -hmm. you know, like headphones. Right. I'm looking at headphones. Next thing I know, I'm I'm inundated with millions of ads for headphones. I'm getting emails about, and all I did was search right. headphones. There's you know there's stuff on my television. Yeah, 
Well, see, that's it's, what gets me. It blows me that's away. That's what gets me. I I get AdSense the way they kind of track you. I don't like it, but I get it. Yeah. Um, but what gets me is a if you don't even search for it, you're talking to somebody about it, and then all of a sudden you start getting ads for it, like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You'll see the ads for stuff. Yeah. So they got to be recording you or something. It's because Mark Zuckerberg's in a bush. Yeah, that writing down that. Oh man, the Zuck. <laughs> you just got zucked. Um, so man, that zucked up. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, that, and then the the TV. Like, how does the TV know what we're doing an episode on for it for the Discovery Channel or History Channel to bring that up and it just randomly be on the same night we're going to record? But all that to say that we just did um, last month, we did Lake Monsters and the Beast right. of Busco was one of them. Mm-hmm. So this giant turtle. Well, we go to uh, the beach there. And one of the things we do, we take the kiddo over to this like sea turtle deal where there's biologists and it's geared mostly toward kids. But adults can learn some stuff, too, because it's not all just for kids. And they're uh, a biologist that was talking to Michael and was telling him some facts about sea turtles and all this stuff. And he looks up at Ashley and I, and he's like, yeah, just a couple of days ago, we saw tracks of a leatherback turtle when we were going down early in the morning to check for sea turtle nests and everything. And this sea turtle was a minimum of eight feet long. So think about that. That's a big turtle. That is the top of their, they said eight to eight and a half feet or so is the biggest these leatherbacks get. And that's the biggest one that they know of in the Florida area of North America. They said most of the time those, that size will be in Spain or something like that. They don't get over here. That is a huge turtle. You couldn't stretch your arms out and touch one flipper and the other flipper. You know, it's just that big. It's ridiculous. And I thought, immediately I thought of the Beast of Busco. Now, I know that's not a sea turtle. That was a snapping turtle, but it's still a giant turtle. Right. And that that just, it weirded me out because you think of, you know, real life, you know, animals that are that big. And it just made me think of the, the cryptozoology and all that when people say, you know, certain cryptids can exist. We've got animals we know exist that are huge and ridiculous. Right. You know, it's ridiculous to have a an eight to eight and a half foot sea turtle that can climb up on shore and crush you if you sat still long enough. (laughs) That's like getting run over by a steamroller. Yeah. You'd you'd have to be dedicated to letting it go over you. You got to try. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, but I just had to bring that up cause that, that was really weird to me. Um, another thing was while we were in Florida, we listened to a lot of Foo Fighters and I wanted to bring this up just to see if I could ruin this song for most of the graveyard here. Um, cause I've done it for a lot of my friends, yep. but you know, the song, my hero mm-hmm. by the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Where he goes, there goes my hero. He's ordinary. That line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in high school, me and a friend, we skipped school and we're driving around town. And that song comes on. And he's singing along to the song. And he goes, Sergeant Mary. I looked over at him and I said, what? 
<laughs> and he goes, Sergeant Mary. And I'm like, Sergeant Mary. I'm like, no, dude, the line is he's ordinary. And he goes, no, that doesn't make sense. He goes, his name's Mary, and, and he's his hero because he's in the military, and his name's Mary, and he gets picked on all the time. I said, dude, you got a whole backstory for the incorrect lyrics? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, he had to justify why he thought I, it said that. I guess so. But now I can't hear that song without singing Sergeant Mary. <laughs> so I won't be able to hear it anymore either. Right. So for those of you out in the graveyard that listen to the Foo Fighters, If you can listen to my hero without hearing Sergeant Mary, let me know because you're stronger than I am. (laughs) I have. As as we say down here, that song is now runt. It's runt. Yeah. Done been runt, man. Uh, I don't want to tell you how long because that will age me, but I've been singing it that way for years now, thanks to my buddy in high school. So Mm -hmm. thanks, dude. Um, yeah. on a uh, podcast-related note. Yeah, actually, oh, wait, this is what we're actually here for. Yeah, we're actually here <laughs> doing a podcast. Um, remember that we have a live event coming up in October with Hillbilly Horror Stories, EVP Mediums, and Macabre Melts at Hail Dark Aesthetics here in Nashville. Yep. And, um, but yeah, just come. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just lost exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I said, yep, I'm going to say this. And it just crawled out my ear. Right. Um, yeah. Come on. Uh, come on down. It's going to be a really good time. Um, you're going to get a chance to meet us, to meet uh, Jerry and Tracy from uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories. Get a chance to meet EVP Medium guys. I mean, it's just it's going to be a fun night. Ten bucks. I mean, you know. Can't I promise it. you, if if you're from Nashville, you know this. If you're not, you will find it out. There's not really a lot you can do in Nashville for only ten bucks, right? Yeah. So, and it's going to be three hours. That's right. So, so you know, three hours, ten bucks. Come on down. You're going to be hanging out at a really cool place. It's got some awesome stuff to see, buy, whatever, and you get to hang out with us, right? I mean, what else? What else could you ask for? And just a couple of days ago, I posted in the Facebook group that. Not only do we like Hail Nashville, but Shaquille O'Neal likes Hail Nashville, That's what too. I was going to say. Yep. The Shaquille O'Neal the was Shaq at Hail Nashville. was at Hail Nashville and hanging out with uh, the guy that owns it and everything. So if Shaq likes it, you guys yeah, will like why not? it. So come on down, check it out, hang out with us, ask us questions, give Matt a hug, yeah. rub his head. I don't care. Just come... Uh, <laughs> Come down, hang out with us. Um, it's going to be fun. Now, let's take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and then we'll get right back into it. How far are you willing to go to save your child from being consumed by a sickening evil? Devil Eye is a new thriller where a young mother dares the unthinkable to save her daughter from a cruel, not so imaginary friend that lurks in their home. Can a paranormal podcast host help her uncover the secret of the Devil Eye? This suspenseful tale will take you to the crossroads of insanity and the supernatural, where love and death collide. Devil Eye by Anthony S. Ward and S.J.D. Connell. Buy it now on Amazon or at devil-i.com. That's devil-i.com. All right, we're back at it now. Matt, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight, we are going to talk about... um, 
one of one of my favorite places, and it's because it inspired one of my favorite books, one of my favorite movies. We are going to talk about the Stanley Hotel. Oh in, yeah, in Estes Park, Colorado. Oh yeah. So, like Matt said, it's got a it, it it's pretty famous now. Yeah. Um, but it's got a long history, and we'll get into it. Um, like Matt said, the hotel is located on Wonderview Avenue in Estes Park, Colorado. So if you're out there in Estes Park, drop by and check it out. It's an awesome-looking old hotel. Just drop by. Just drop by. Everybody in Estes Park knows where the Stanley Hotel is. Yep, and they know why you're there. (laughs) Yeah, Guaranteed they will know why you're there. Yeah, from what I – I'm not Ben. I want to go. But from what I understand, Estes Park is like a a tourist, tourist town. You know, it's what it's there for. Yep. Yep, that's uh, originally why it was built, and, you know, this is, uh, besides the um, going there for the views mm-hmm. and the, the you know, uh, National Park and stuff that's there, this is the main attraction. This is why most people go to Estes Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, before the hotel was built and before uh, Europeans moved in and everything, there was... A lot of tribes of Ute and Arapaho in that area. Um, They didn't really live right there. It was a passing through thing. They left it as kind of a sacred area. Um, Now, Freeland Oscar Stanley was born and raised in Maine, and he and his identical twin brother, Francis Edgar, were entrepreneurs, and they were inventors from a very young age. So they sold maple syrup made concert-quality violins, and ran a company that specialized in photographic dry plates, which they would end up selling to Kodak cameras to develop film. They also designed Stanley Steamer automobiles. Now, the Stanley Steamer, the Stanley Motor Carriage Company, sorry, was an American manufacturer of steam engine vehicles, and it operated from 1902 to 1924. And the cars made by the company were colloquial named, colloquially named. That's hard for me to say. Colloquial. Yeah, that's a hard word. I'm surprised you left it in there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to sound smart. <laughs> um, they were colloquially named Stanley Steamers, and I can't hear that without thinking of that Stanley Steamer carpet uh-huh. cleaner, yeah. where they go, Stanley Steamer makes carpets cleaner. And yeah. if you don't know that commercial, go look it up. It'll be stuck in your head for months. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. Um, in 1918, after Francis Stanley's accidental death, Freeland Stan- Stanley sold his interest to Prescott Warren and was out of the business there. But some examples of the Stanley Steamer automobiles that you might actually know that are from more popular areas, um, Stanley Steamers appear in the 1965 film The Great Race that starred Jack mm-hmm. Lemmon. Tony Curtis and Natalie Wood. Yep. Um, Good movie. Yep. So you'll remember it from there. Um, Stanley Steamer also appears in the 2003 film Seabiscuit. Um, and Stanley from Cars and Cars 2 is a Stanley Steamer. So if you know, if you have kids or you just like cars, Stanley is actually a representation of the Stanley Steamer automobile. Oh, okay. Um, now, in... 1903, a life-threatening bout of tuberculosis hit Stanley, and doctors recommended that he spend time in the, quote, curative Rocky Mountain air in Colorado. 
So Stanley and his wife, Flora, went to Denver and later to Estes Park for the summer. During the summer in Estes Park in a rustic cabin, Stanley's health recovered and he decided to return each year to Estes Park. Well, in 1905, Stanley had built and moved into his own property in Estes Park. It was a four-bedroom house. And the couple then decided that after a few years of being there, that they wanted to be able to accommodate more of their friends and provide kind of a social life that would impress their East Coast millionaire friends because mm-hmm. they ran with a, a you know high-class society. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, something I read said that the reason that Stanley started work on this hotel was because his his wife wanted to entertain more. Yep. More people in a manner that she was accustomed to before. Right. So, yeah, it was it was to, um, you know, have their friends mm-hmm. come over and all that. So that that was when, like you said, they decided to build the Stanley Hotel. So the Stanley Hotel was originally opened in 1909, and it, it kind of was this secluded Grand Mountain Resort when it first opened. But construction of the Stanley Hotel the hotel's main building, uh, which was one of 11 structures in the original complex, actually began in 1907, and it used materials from the land that was actually the Rocky Mountain National Park, um, which most of that lumber that they got for that was from uh, the Bear Lake Wildfire of 1900. So they were able to reuse a lot of that wood that have just would have just rotted away. Um, so it was built on top of limestone and quartz with a lot of running water, rivers and stuff around it. And we've discussed these before. Mm-hmm. We've talked about many times. Yeah, limestone, quartz, and running water and their association with paranormal activity. You know, they act as a conductor or a battery, usually for this type of activity. Yeah. And you know, you'll see as we get into it and as Matt gets into some of these stories uh, and encounters that it's probably had a lot to do with holding this energy there. Yeah. You know what I find interesting is that a lot of these really old hotels that were built strictly for, you know, tourism, mm-hmm. essentially, were built in these areas with limestone and under underground springs right you know different minerals in the soil and you see a common theme of come here for wellness yeah you know curative properties it, yeah it, yep. it, you know come this will this will fix what ails you you know drink the water swim in the spring mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and when stanley moved or or actually went to Estes Park, he stayed in his physician's cabin at, at his order. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, and, and the doctor was sending him up there to finish out his, you know, his life. Pretty much, he, yeah. He was giving him just a few months, and he was like, look, you know, you need fresh air, you mm-hmm. need relaxation, go stay in my cabin for a few months and just kind of let nature take his course. And he got better. Yeah. You know, so... That's all of that stuff that we talk about 
being the energy for some paranormal activity is also so closely tied to healing and well-being yep. and you know cures and different yep. things like that so the the bigger picture yeah i mean there's there's some commonality there right 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 and you probably make a a very good correlation there between it because you know if if you've got a place that some sensitives may feel has a curing ability mm-hmm. or has special energies and you build on that these sensitives are not the only one that feels that mm-hmm. you know spirits or or entities feel that as well and they're attracted to the same thing they're attracted to that power of that energy that vortex or whatever you want to call it um so it, it's one of those things it's not a coincidence i don't think mm-hmm. you know i don't either it it it's a design that we may not be aware of but it is a design you right. know it's by design um now when stanley when the stanley hotel opened in 1909 the first guests who pulled up they they pulled up in some of the more stylish stanley designed steam cars well they were astonished by what they saw because it was a very you know high quality fancy hotel for the time and to power the new hotel, Stanley actually constructed the Fall River Hydro Plant, which brought electricity to Estes Park for the first time. Upon opening, the hotel had 48 guest rooms. Each pair of rooms would share a bathroom. It had a fully electric kitchen, a steam laundry, a hydraulic elevator, and electric lights and telephones throughout the entire hotel. Near the main structure, Stanley had built a concert hall complete with a Steinway grand piano as a gift for Flora. During the day, guests at the Stanley would enjoy golf, bowling, horseback riding, and motor excursions that were all Stanley automobiles. So they could go out driving in the area, and it was all Stanley's automobiles, which was great for him. You know, it was good advertisement for his other business. Now, at night, guests would enjoy the formal dinners and concerts and other entertainment such as billiards. Now, the steam cars that we talked about played a huge role in the operation of the Stanley Hotel. In order to transport visitors to and from the hotel, Stanley actually created a 12-seater model, which was after that marketed as the mountain wagon and it became very popular at other resorts such as the nearby olympic national park in the state of washington so it's it's you know he was a smart man Mm -hmm. able to incorporate all of his other businesses and that's from a young age right you know because he was selling the maple syrup as a child to make money yeah so you know he's a he's a smart man. Now, yeah, and you know he, I read he provided electricity for the whole town for free. Yeah, I mean the way he he made money off of it, he sold light bulbs. That's smart. That is smart. 
That's smart. It's like, <laughs> you know, you get the electricity for free, but you're not going to be able to do anything with it unless you yeah. buy my light bulbs. Buy my light bulbs. That's super smart. Yeah. But I mean, he he was in, in his day a philanthropist. Sure. I mean, he was he was providing services and he knew that the people that were going to come to his hotel weren't just going to benefit him. They were going to benefit the whole city. Right. Right. You know, so, I mean, he, he's doing he's doing good. Yeah, it's that shop local thing. Good, good old F.O. Stanley. Yeah, good old F.O. <laughs> I like that. It's got a ring to it. Good old F.O. <laughs> now, Stanley actually established the town's first bank and a sewer power and water company, as we discussed, and funded the construction of the road from Estes to nearby Lyons. He also helped restore the area's wildlife population and his friendship with naturalist Enos Mills actually helped facilitate the creation of the Rocky Mountain National Park in 1915. So the Rocky Mountain National Park is because of F.O. Stanley. Yeah. So this guy, again, just smart guy. Yep. Smart guy. Had his, cool dude. Had his fingers in a lot of pies. have around. Yeah. (laughs) We need an F.O. Stanley nowadays. Um, however, the Stanley hotel was not the first big hotel in Estes park. The first was actually the Estes park hotel, which was built in 1877. And it was built by a guy from Ireland named Wyndham Thomas Wyndham Quinn. And he you be- said Wyndham twice. Yeah. But Wyndham, the first time is with an I Wyndham. The second time is with a Y. <laughs> So maybe it's Wyndham Windham. It's not, I don't know. It's not Jimmy with a Y. It's Jimmy with an I-E. Yeah. My name's Jimmy Jimmy. This one's actually <laughs> Wyndham with an I and Wyndham with a Y. So, you know. Um, but he became the Firth. The Firth. The now, see, fourth, I've screwed him up. You have, I man. Had, I hadn't been able to talk all day, and I hadn't flubbed one yet. So. You passed it off to me. <laughs> Thanks. It's contagious. The fourth Earl of Dunraven and Mount Earl. Now, the Earl was big into hunting and he bought up a huge area of land around that area so that he could hunt and everything. Well, he became a a very disliked figure amongst the local people because of his hunting practices and all that. Well, in 1908, Lord Dunraven was the one that would sell F.O. Stanley the land that the Stanley Hotel was built on. Now, the Estes Park Hotel was ended up being destroyed in 1911. So the Stanley ends up being the big deal and the only one there. Now, in its time, the Stanley Hotel hosted guests like Margaret Molly Brown. Now, Matt, do you know who Margaret Molly Brown is? Yeah, unsinkable Molly Brown. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she was the one who went down in history as the heroine who helped load the lifeboats in the Titanic. And... You know, I I thought I knew who that was, but I had to make sure. I had to go look it up because yeah. I was like, I, I know that name. And I thought it was from that. So I went and looked it up. Sure enough, you're right. It's the unsinkable Molly Brown. Um, also, John Philip Sousa and Teddy Roosevelt stayed there. And there's a couple other people we shall talk about here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, haunted events have been recorded at the Stanley ever since 1911 when Miss Elizabeth Wilson had an incident in room 217 and room 217 has become a hotbed of paranormal activity and 
I'll but in 1911, you. it was a hotbed for another reason. Yes, which we will talk. Matt will talk about here shortly, and we'll talk about more of the people from 217 very shortly. So hold on to that that room number in your head. Now, over the years, every single room in the hotel has experienced something strange. Again, Matt will talk about those when we get into the encounters a little bit later. Matt's apparently going to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, he is. Let's let's <laughs> see if he tuned. does. Yep, stay tuned for the second <laughs> half of what is it? Uh, what is it they say in radio? Stay tuned in the top of the second hour. We yeah. will talk about. Hopefully, it doesn't go more than two hours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. No, don't <laughs> yeah. don't turn it off, please. Yeah. We're not going to go that yeah, long. This is not going to be a poltergeist episode. You're going to love it. I it swear. won't go that long. Um, but the staff at the Stanley, they're quick to point out that quote: there are never any reports of sinister or evil happenings in the area here because there are only quote happy ghosts at the Stanley Hotel. Right. Well, why not? I mean, you're in the mountains. You know, it's pretty yeah you got this really cool hotel to haunt when i become a ghost Why would you be upset yeah, when i become a ghost i'm going someplace like the stanley well yeah you know good views during the day yeah lots of people i can screw with at night that's right you know it'll Just be walk great around giving giving people the high fives you know right. it's like smacking hey, them on the up, forehead man? when they sleep and stuff so fo stanley ended up never making any profit off of the hotel and he operated it as more of a pastime so most of his money came from the Stanley Steamer automobiles and all of his other advertising that he did and his other ventures that he got into. So Flora and F.O. continued to spend the summers in Estes Park at the private residence. Now, Flora ended up passing away in 1939 and F.O. in 1940. He ended up living to 91 after yeah. he had tuberculosis. That's right. He beat TB. He sure did. Yeah. He whipped beat the TB's crap butt, out of it. man. <laughs> and, you know, like Matt was saying, it could all be because of the area there in Estes Park. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, there's there's obviously energy there. And, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of people now that talk about, you know, the energy from the earth. And there's people mm-hmm. that, you know, walk around outside in their bare feet to... To feel the energy. You can even buy sheets. I, I, I've i seen these things online. You can buy sheets. Right. That are, they're sewn with like silver thread or silver is infused in the material somehow. And it actually has a cord, a grounding cord that you run from the sheet out the window and stick into the ground. If you so guys could see my head, I'm ground. just shaking my yeah. head this whole time. The whole idea is that the the Earth holds some kind of energy, right? And we know that it does. We, you know, sometimes we just can't figure out what this energy is able to do, right? And you know, there's all these all these places throughout history where people went for healing, and this is another one. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, because because obviously the energy, and you know. Uh, F.O. Stanley is is proof, right? That somebody could go there and get. Now he may have just got better on his own. True, but they didn't have a lot of success treating TB back. Then. No, no, you know. So he's one of the very rare cases of anyone being diagnosed with TB at an early age and living to ninety years. He's one of the only people that lived to ninety years old. That's right. You know. That's right. I mean, there's still to this day not many people that make it to ninety. And it could have been because he's hanging out. You know. 
living in this area where this mm-hmm. energy was from the limestone and the quartz and the running underground springs. Right. Mm-hmm. You never know. Who knows? Uh, talking about the people that walk around barefoot. Mm-hmm. Those people obviously don't live in the South and they didn't live in Texas at all because they've never stepped on a sticker bush. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the ground, especially in Texas growing up that you don't want to walk around barefoot. There's ground hornets. I got stung by ground hornets as a kid, and these are big old couple inch long hornets. Mm-hmm. You don't see them till you step on their hole and then something comes out and attacks your foot. You know, um, there's in certain parts, there's freaking scorpions. There's cotton mouth. There's timber rattlers and diamondback. You don't walk around barefoot in Texas. If you see somebody walking around barefoot in Texas, they move there from somewhere else. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 just all of, all of our Texas listeners out there can you know that's verify why, that's why that you for wear me. Boots. Yeah, that's why you see a lot of people in shorts but wearing boots. <laughs> you don't want to step out there in that grass with bare feet. Yeah. Who knows what's out there? Um, we were always told as kids, if you go to pick anything up that's been sitting for a while, kick it first. <laughs> kick it and wait a second, because something's crawled up in there that'll sting and hurt. <laughs> so anyway, little tangent, we'll get off that. Now, without Stanley's huge fortune, subsequent owners had a difficult time maintaining this big resort, and it ended up passing from owner to owner to owner. And they were never able to really make a profit off of it, just like Stanley wasn't. But it didn't matter to Stanley. He didn't need it. But these other owners did. Well, by the 1970s, the hotel's splendor had kind of faded. Uh, they didn't have the money to keep it up. And it may have eventually you know, gotten the wrecking ball treatment if it wasn't for one night that Stephen King visited. Mm. Now, two two seconds, and I'll touch on that a little more. But since that time, the Stanley has undergone several renovations, and it kept with the architectural integrity of the early 20th century. Um, the historic landmark now offers 140 guest rooms. It's 14,000 square feet of meeting space and event space. And it has, you know, a great backdrop that they use for weddings and other events. And it's now a very popular hotel like we were talking about before. Now, getting back to old Stephen King. He checked into the hotel in 1973 for a one-night stay with his wife, Tabitha. And they stopped there because of bad weather. Now, once he checked in, the Kings discovered that it was the last day of the season and the hotel was closing the following day, which meant there was limited staff and they were the only guests in this huge hotel. So they pretty much had the run of the place to themselves. But it's said that King wasn't convinced that they were actually alone. Now, he stayed in room 217. And to this day, that is the most requested room in that hotel. So if you want to stay in 217, you got a long wait. Yep. You're book gonna, early. Yep. Book early. Book often. I don't know. Um, It's also said that Jim Carrey stayed a night in room 217. He checked in, went into the room. Three hours later, he was up at the desk requesting another room. He couldn't make it. Now, 
it it's not said why he checked out. We can assume after Matt talks, we can assume why, but it was never officially said why he couldn't make it more than three hours. Now, as King wandered the empty hallways in the hotel, he would end up finding inspiration that would sound familiar to a lot of the people who have read some of his books. It said that he encountered ghostly children wandering the halls and was even said to have witnessed a party in the McGregor ballroom attended by, quote, otherworldly guests. Now, King's iconic novel, The Shining, was inspired by these events and the overall experience of being secluded in the Grand Resort Hotel. Now, real quick, our friends Cameron and Muriel over at the Black Picket Fence podcast did an entire episode on The Shining, the book, the the movie. movie, all that stuff, and you guys need to go check it out. Yeah, it's really cool, and they have some very interesting facts that you probably don't know um, about the filming, um, about the actors, and 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 everything. Because you know Stanley Kubrick was a a, a very interesting individual, right? To and, say the least. And he he had the way he went about making films was quite unique and. Um, it's just, it's good. Just, just go listen to it. Like I said, black picket fence, they're, they're friends of ours. Um, you know, it's, it's a great show. It's very interesting. So if, if you dig the shining, like I do, you'll, you'll really enjoy it. Right. And they, they do a lot of other stuff, um, books and movies and all that. So go check it out. If you get a chance now, one big disappointment for a lot of visitors to the Stanley is when they learn that. That was not the hotel that was used in the Kubrick film, The Shining. And neither the hotel exterior or the interior are going to look familiar to you. King ended up not being pleased with Kubrick's version. So in the 1990s, he returned to the Stanley to film a little TV miniseries that was more true to his book. So if you've watched the TV miniseries, you will have seen The Stanley Hotel. The movie was not the Stanley. Right. Um, so don't go there expecting to see that hotel. It's not going to be that. Yeah. Um, if you want to go to that hotel, it's in Washington. And as far as I can tell, it's not really haunted. So. Yeah. No, it's just a just, creepy looking It just looking looks one. creepy. Right. <laughs> um, now, you actually, to this day, you can watch both versions of that, the Kubrick version and the miniseries, on a nonstop loop at the hotel on Channel 42. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah, if you check in, you can watch both versions of that back to 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 back. That's just what their Channel 42 is. Right. And why not? You yeah. know? I mean, I, you know, I'd do it. Yeah, I would too. Now, the Stanley has fully embraced its paranormal activity and it's said to be one of the most haunted hotels in the country you can embark on some ghost tours and learn about the history of the stanley and understand the reason for the suspected paranormal activity and they also go that one extra step they have psychic services available on the premises right 
Um, now I'll talk a little bit more about the tours here in just a second, but you know, you can go check out the psychic, talk to her and then move on over and take your tour, go back to your room and watch the shining all night. So not a bad deal. Um, if you do happen to get room two seventeen, um, they actually have a full library of Stephen King books in that room. So you can be watching The Shining while reading The right, Shining. Reading it, um, sitting in the room that inspired it. Right. So you can get your full Stephen King experience yeah. overload there if oh, you want to. Oh, and I'm to. sure there are people that have done that. Oh, you know it. They've done some weird things in that room, I'm sure. Um, now, every October, the hotel actually holds the Shining Ball, where there's a costume contest for the best dressed. Now, between 2008 and 2017, John Cullen ended up buying out all of the other ownership and invested almost $31 million into the Stanley Hotel. And to celebrate the 20th year of ownership of the hotel... Mr. Cullen gave in and built a hedge maze because it. That, that would be my costume. Just as, I, would, I would go as the hedge maze. That would be a hell of a costume. That's right. right. You would win. It'd be awesome. You would win. Be covered in grass, leaves. Uh, people, what are you? I'm the hedge maze I'm from the, the hedge Shining. Maze. So. Find your way out of me. Yeah. No, 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 that's not. No. Don't go that far. I might need to edit that out. That's weird. <laughs> so. Uh, Mr. Collins said that people want an experience. They want to reinterpret it and tell all their friends about it. And who am I to get in their way? So at a colleague's suggestion, Mr. Cullen opted to hold a contest for the design, a move that amplified the public relations potential. So a panel of judges ended up receiving 329 entries from all around the world. The winner was a New York architect named Miriam Standing. Now, he chose hers from all the other ones and ended up, he decided to go with a maze of juniper trees that will only grow to three feet high. So it's a lot less imposing than that 13-foot maze in Kubrick's film. Now, Mr. Cullen ended up saying that he was concerned about losing children in the maze. Yeah, I uh, would be too. Yeah, but, you know, you might just be adding ghost children to your repertoire if you lose children in the maze. That's <laughs> no. true. Was that bad to say? I'm sorry. No. I, I apologize. <laughs> um, so, talk to the talked about the tours of the Stanley Hotel. Now... Most of the visitors who go to that hotel actually do one of the two tours that they have. Um, there's a standard Stanley tour and an evening night ghost tour. So the standard tour covers the history of the hotel, the Stanleys, and the haunted aspects of the hotel, which we will cover all that. So just skip that first tour. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Just listen you've, to this. You've got the GYT tour. We did yeah. it for you. Put your headphones on, walk through the hotel. Right. You got it. So the evening <laughs> probably night. Probably not. Probably not. No. <laughs> we, we probably didn't even graze the surface of what they will do. Um, now, the evening, quote, night ghost tour, which that seems like a weird way to put it to me. The evening night ghost tour. Why not just say the night ghost tour or the evening ghost tour? Or what about the ghost tour? 
Yeah, just call it the ghost tour. Done at night. And yeah, the ghost tour, which happens evening. to take place at night in the after evening. Supper. After dark. <laughs> before sunrise. Um, it focuses on the haunted aspects. And they both included discussion of Stephen King and The Shining, obviously. Um, the tours will include a short video which introduces the hotel and shows visitors the interiors of the most famous rooms in the hotel, 214, 401, etc. It has a tour of the concert hall, a walk around the exterior of the hotel, and access to closed rooms on the main floor, which is like the billiards room, the music room, and the McGregor dining room, where Stephen King apparently saw a party being held. Um, there's a brief hallway tour of the guest rooms, and entrance into the service tunnel. Now, the tours obviously don't include the guest rooms because there's people staying there. Um, so you can't actually get into the haunted rooms. That's why they do it in the video. Well, that's what I was fixing to ask. You know, if you're staying in room 217 and you're all Stephen Kinged up, mm-hmm. somebody's like, and here's room yeah. 217. You're Fling, like, hey! Flings the door open. You're in your Stephen King boxers <laughs> laying right. on the bed. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, that's right. <laughs> you're you're safe from it. You don't have to worry about that. You're standing there with an axe and everything. You're like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I was just getting to the best part. <laughs> no, um, you won't have to worry about that. They don't actually go into any of the guest rooms. Now, if you've got children, children under five years of age are not permitted on the tours. So you'll have to leave them in the hedge maze. Or drop them off somewhere if you've got them. And if you have children, you understand why. Right, right. I mean, maybe some kids under five might be cool with it, but you know, uh, little little duct tape and rope, and you can just carry them around with you. It's not long enough. Yeah, that's why I say duct tape and a rope, and just <laughs> throw them over your shoulder. They'll be quiet. This is less of a tour and more of a drag. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting the tour. You're getting the Stanley drag. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my par- my parents took me on the Stanley Hotel tour. It was such a drag. <laughs> I have got to download a rim shot uh, sound effect yeah. so I can do I that. Know, I think yours, yours is pretty good. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, Matt. So tell us about the hauntings and the rooms and stuff. All right. So we've talked about room 217 quite a bit. So uh, let's talk a little bit more. Um, so why is room 217 such a... Uh, a hotbed, as we said earlier, activity. So, hotbed and hotel room. That's a cool way to just. Dis- yeah, that's right. That I had a joke, but I'm going to leave that for a Patreon episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you you got the intro to a joke that you're not going to hear. Right. So uh, unless you become a patron, so you know, become a patron, you'll hear the ending. you'll hear the punchline. Yeah. So. Anyway, <laughs> teaser. So, yeah. So room 217, um, the story with room 217 is that it is supposedly haunted by one Miss Elizabeth Wilson, also called just Mrs. Wilson by the staff there. She was the hotel's head housekeeper. And during a storm in 1911, there was a gas leak. And this was before the gas people started putting the scent in natural gas um, to let you know, hey, I smell gas. Otherwise, it's odorless. Not many people know that. 
That's right. Most people think gas right. smells that so, way. So, fun fact, natural gas is odorless. So, you can't smell it. Mm-hmm. And they put the scent in there right. so that you can smell it and know if you have a gas leak. Right. My dad works for the gas company in Texas, mm-hmm. and he used to have to repair some of the broken mains that were running under, and he would have a fire retardant suit. He'd come home, take that fire retardant suit off, lay it in the laundry room. The whole house would smell like we had a freaking gas leak for like two <laughs> days because of that. You would never know if you had one. No. no it that, was his job to find them. Yeah, that just screwed up the whole plan because <laughs> our whole house smelled like a gas leak all the time. Yeah. So, un unbeknownst to mrs wilson there was a gas leak and room 217 filled up with gas and she went in to light lanterns and boom big explosion that took out 10 percent of the stanley hotel according to uh historians um it did not kill mrs wilson it actually miraculous sent her downward through the floor, into the dining room below. It did break both of her ankles. Well, yeah. As would be expected. But it's a small price to pay to survive an explosion. Right, no kidding. So, so it is said now that Mrs. Wilson haunts room 217. And guests have reported that items are moved, luggage is unpacked, and lights turned on and off. Oh, and Mrs. Wilson, she's pretty old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. So unmarried couples have reported a cold force between them in the bed. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, no. That's right. None of that hanky-panky. Right. But while staying in room uh, 217, you know, Stephen King said he had this horrible nightmare. Of one story says it's a it's an entity of some type. Um, another one says it's it's like a, a a fire that's alive and it's chasing his son, um, and it's trying to consume him. And he wakes up and and you know the dream was so vivid that he was he he was just horrified, shook, and said he walked outside on the balcony. And and smoked a cigarette, and it was during that time that he formulated the storyline for The Shining. So, this is not only the hotel; this is the actual room that inspired this novel. Mm-hmm. And and remember when this happened, they were the only guests in that hotel, right? Which I don't care if it's a Motel Six. I don't care if it's. The, the biggest, fanciest hotel in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be real comfortable being the only guest. No, that'd there. be weird. It's weird. Yeah. Can you imagine being at Opryland and being oh, the yeah. only guest in that big a hotel? And yeah. that'd be freaky. Be creepy. <laughs> Just wandering around. Yeah. Uh, it would make you go crazy. Um, Hence the movie. So, so that's that's the story behind Room Two Seventeen, and it's very very active. And because of its connection to Stephen King, it is the most requested room, and it is very popular. And you can book it and stay there, but everybody wants to stay in that room. So right. it's, you know, I, I didn't look, but I imagine it's years. Oh, I'm booked. sure. I'm sure. So It's not the one I want to stay in anyway. No. 
And there's there's rooms that are much more scary than this. Right. This is just the one that's the famous one. Um, but another area of the hotel is called the Vortex, which is a, a stairwell um, between uh, the floors from uh, the main in the hotel's main guest house. Um, it's called the Vortex because of the design and that they feel like it's kind of a natural spiral of energy and it attracts these spirits. And they also say it's like a rapid tran- rapid transit system for spirits. To That's get, funny. You know, to, yeah. I'm like, do they really need that? Can you imagine? It's like a big escalator for ghosts. Yeah, you, you know? got a line of ghosts waiting to get to other rooms. Did, yeah. Did, did no. you see that couple in room 212? <laughs> yeah, I scared yeah. the crap out of them. Yeah. And it's like Beetlejuice. He'll everybody, ghosts, everybody you know? waiting there for. <laughs> you know, yeah. Queued up. That's right. Um, but uh, go go online and look at a picture of this thing. Um, it, it is it is very unique. And most of the images you see are from the top of the stairway looking down through it. Right. Um, yeah. It's pretty crazy looking. Um, another room. And in these rooms, the fourth floor is the most haunted area of the hotel, hands down. That's where I want to go. And unlike other haunted hotels that we have talked about, each individual room has its own unique mm-hmm. disturbance. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time it's like, oh, well, some guests will say they see a Confederate soldier. And I mean, that may be in all the rooms, right? two or three of them, you know. Well, this one says there's a lady that comes and, you know, looks at me when I'm sleeping. Well, there's maybe five or six different rooms where this happens. These disturbances seem to be isolated to individual rooms on the fourth floor, which is pretty cool. So it's a pick your poison kind of thing. You got it. Do you want to stay in this one with this guy or this one with this woman? You know, this guy will tickle you. This woman will bite your toes. Hmm. I'm going with the lady. Yeah. A little toe biting wouldn't be so yeah, bad. Everybody needs a good toe biting every now and then. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. Room 401. Is this the toe biter? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the toe biting room. <laughs> We're going to have people calling the Stanley. Um, yes, can I book the toe biter the room? The toe biter? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, what? Well, the no, guys, they cost extra. Yeah, the guys in the graveyard told me. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... A hundred years ago, the fourth floor was actually just a huge attic. You know, they they built the rooms in later. Um, Female employees, nannies, and their children would stay in this big, huge attic area. So guests of the fourth floor very commonly will report the sounds of children running and laughing and playing um, <laughs> plus there is a closet in room 401 that opens and closes by itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's room 401 closet kids, no toe biting. Dang. It's off limits here. I got an so opening closet pretty, here. Pretty innocuous, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing too nothing, scary. Well, I mean, other than if you're Adam, yeah. then the, here's a kid's laughing and you know, he's flipping at Yeah. Him. I'd pull a Jim Carrey. I'm out. <laughs> Done. So we go down the hall a little bit further to room 407. Now, in room 407, many people have been have reported being tucked in into bed hmm. while staying in this room. One boy reported that he kept kicking the covers off during the night only to have them creep back up. 
And the boy's mother said she had not woken up during the night. So it obviously wasn't her. Mm -hmm. Um, Another guest said that while staying in the bed, she felt as if someone had had sat down on the the edge of the bed. And so she immediately turned on the lights to see that there was no one there. Right. She did notice an indention on the bed as if somebody had just stood up. That's creepy. Yeah. Um, In room 418. The guests of room 418 have experienced just how mischievous uh, ghost children can really be. Okay, so covers are removed during the night, and hangers are said to move on their own. Now, look, if I'm in the bed and and my covers are ripped off of me, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a problem. Yeah, like a okay. wet spot in the bed. I mean yeah. that you you want you know you want to scare me night. Mm-hmm. Just just come in and just yank those covers off. Sure. And so you know me saying this, I realize it's probably going to happen to me right at some point. Right. Because we we both know Amanda. <laughs> that's going to happen to you. Just, look, she loves to scare me anyway. <laughs> and I don't know. It's probably about seven or eight years ago. I'm in the shower and it's getting close to Halloween and I'm washing my face. And as soon as I open my eyes, there's a white, the white plane mask. Yeah. Looking just nice tucked into the night, just looking at me. And and I mean, I about had a stroke. Good thing you were in the shower. You could clean off the poop. That's right. So she leaves, goes to work. I'm getting dressed, leaving for work. The house is empty. I use, I'm usually the last one to leave in the morning and I get in my truck and I'm starting my truck and everything. And so I'm going to back out of the driveway and I look in the rearview mirror, <laughs> the mask is hanging on a hook in the back of my truck just so that I see it in the rearview mirror. So now I, I've given her an idea. I, yeah. I know that the cover is going to get ripped yeah. off me, but if I'm staying in a hotel and I, the covers get ripped off. I'm gonna be like in a karate stance, right? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is just—it's a working. Amanda, holler at me. I got <sighs> ideas for Matt here. <laughs> but they also say that the bathroom lights will turn on and off. Uh, one guest reported while staying in the room with her four-year-old daughter that the little girl told her that a little boy came up and was tickling her in the night. That's just weird. She said she wasn't scared. She told him to stop, and he did. Polite, yeah. at least. Polite. See, you know, hey, people out here are friendly. You mm-hmm. know, this is a tourist town. Right. You know, they're they're just they're just trying to get along. Yeah, very you know, cordial. Everybody's gonna be nice. You, know. you tell them, hey, back off, ghost. They're like, okay, we're sorry. Yeah. You know, step off, man. <laughs> back off, me. <laughs> okay. So, As my granddad used to say, get up off me. <laughs> All right. So room 428. Uh, pretty much you, you, if you've gotten this far, you, you get, you get the, uh, the, the red badge of courage. So um, if you can stay in room 428, you win the prize. So guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving around, but it's, not really possible um, because of the slope of the roof that there can't be anybody up there walking around. Right. And so, the, but the real, the real ghost in this room 
is actually a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. You know, he's a friendly cowboy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets a little too friendly, and he likes to um, to to uh, touch and kiss and you know whisper to female guests. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's some female guests that said they have woken up only to f- see him leaning in to give them a, a kiss mm-hmm. on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Now, some people call that friendly. Some people call it creepy. Yep. You know, I'm yep. like, is his know. name is his name Chester. <laughs> I don't know. They don't give him a name. Oh, okay. That, and what I read, he may have a name, and it might be Chester. I think that's the room that I want to stay in, room four twenty eight. Yeah. Just see what happens. Yeah. I'll take that badge of courage. Put some lipstick on. Yeah, and a wig. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm, Come I'm, on, cowboy. I would make I'm, an ugly woman. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> I would make an ugly woman. He doesn't want that. Sorry. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, man. <laughs> it's Come it's on. it's the facial hair. It wouldn't no. <laughs> so if we're sticking with uh, with rooms, we're going to go down one floor to room three hundred two just briefly. Um, some guests in room three hundred two report seeing the shadow of a man walking near the walls, and photos have been known to just fly off the wall. So it's really cool that each individual room has its own special kind of haunt. Right. You know, right. this one throws pictures. This one has a dude that's going to try to give you a kiss. This one has a kid that'll take your covers off. Right. Let's avoid uh, the kid rooms, and I'm okay. Uh, th- I think they should have a menu. They, you know, yeah. How how haunted do you want your experience to be? That's actually a good idea. Yeah. We need to contact some people. I'm telling you. That's. I mean, you know, I've got great ideas. I'm ahead of my time. Yeah. Trouble is, I'm only about an hour and a half ahead. Right. So. Right. They so. probably have the idea already now. <laughs> that's right. It's already done. Yep. I just didn't see it. So, um, But a lot of activity seems to be centered around the concert hall, which Adam talked about, um, contains the grand piano that uh, F.O. Stanley purchased for um, Flora, Flora. Mm-hmm. you know, as a gift. And she loved to play this piano, and she apparently still loves to play it because mm. you can hear it being played in different parts of the hotel, but especially in the concert hall. Um, another one of the, the spirits that's well-known in the concert hall is Paul. Paul, the ghost. Not Paul Stanley. You Aww. know, <laughs> It's Paul. It's just, it's Paul the ghost. Um, no relation. He, he was kind of a, 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 I guess like a maintenance guy. They, they call him like a, a jack of all trades. He just kind of knew what needed to be done. A Jack Nicholson of all trades? Yeah, why not? Um, but one of the things... Uh, that was his uh, that become his duty is enforcing the 11 p.m. curfew at the hotel, hmm. um, which could be why guests and workers here get out uttered late at night. Now, I got a question. We've had numerous stories um, of ghosts saying get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say get out. What? Why don't they ever say come in? You know, stuff well, like that. You know, hey, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're or, always saying, get out. Or I'm your Huckleberry. Like, yeah. they don't want you there. Yeah. I mean, what? why? I don't know. You would I, think some would it, want Get out company. is such a common phrase, you know, for these ghosts. You know, they need to learn learn some new stuff. Be a little bit more cordial. Um, but also, the area is a spot for uh, the lights to, to dim 
and brighten. In fact, this is something that's commonly seen. And it's reported that this is Eddie. Eddie was an ex-con who worked at the hotel. And one of his jobs was that he would man the lighting during the performances in the concert hall. Now, eh, that's a pretty neat trick. Carrying on with his duties. That's right. That's right. Um, Another ghost in the concert hall is, uh, is Lucy, who quite possibly is the spirit of a young girl who uh, was a ho- was homeless and sought refuge in the hotel. Now, the historians for the hotel aren't really sure what her connection actually was mm-hmm. to the hotel. Um, I guess the the clairvoyant that's there and other psychics who have come to the hotel really confirm that this entity's name is Lucy. Um, but the story behind Lucy is that um, she was uh, she was kind of squatting in the basement. And when she was discovered, she was forced to leave the hotel. With it being winter, the night was cold, she froze to death. Right. And so now her spirit is stuck. Now, there are photographs of Lucy. Typically, she's wearing a pink dress. You know, there are, I mean, there are recent photographs mm-hmm. of of the hotel and, and a, and a young girl in a hot pink dress. And most of the people that have, have her appear in photos will say there was not a girl of this age on the tour. And I certainly would remembered one wearing a hot pink dress, right? You know, but yet there, there are many photos and I realize, you know, photos can be doctored and messed with, but um, this is one of the common ones. And, and you find a lot of photos of Lucy, um, when you go a searching, so a very photogenic ghost. That's right. That's right. She's not shy, um, and regularly communicates with ghost hunters that go in there. She, you know, she likes to entertain them by uh, turning on and off flashlights and doing that whole schmada. Right. You know, turn on the light. Tell you know all this. Yeah. You know the flashlight thing. On but, for yes, off for no. Yeah. That's right. You got it. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't either. <laughs> so I said, get one of those. Get one of those flashlights that runs on a big honking marine battery that has mm-hmm. a clicker that says click click. Yep. And the and you tie the battery terminals in. Turn that sucker on and off. I'll buy into this flashlight business. Right. You know, right. but you're gonna you stick a mag light on the table and it or blinks on and flip off. Flip the light switch. You yeah. know, if you can hit a, a a flashlight button, you can flip a light switch. Yeah. Absolutely. And do some Morse code on a light switch for me. Especially one, you know, one of them big old heavy duty flashlights. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving over to the grand staircase. Um, the grand staircase is, of course, the main staircase that you come in into the main entrance of the hotel. Um, a lot of photos of this have shown images or shadows or full on apparitions coming up and down the main staircase. Now in 2016, a visitor from Houston, he snapped some photos of the grand staircase. And when he got home and started looking at them, he spotted um, an apparition at the top of the stairs. He said he doesn't remember anybody being on the staircase at the time he was taking the photograph, but there is an actual image of a woman standing at this top of the stairs, you know, and, those type of photographs are very common in 
you know, the, the paranormal right. hunting, researching, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it is a, a regular story that there wasn't anybody there that I saw. Right. I didn't notice anybody. But, you know, I took the picture and when I got home, here's there this weird somebody. shadowy woman. Right. Um, and that if you're in the group, you've seen that picture because that was what we posted as right. one of the teaser photos of this it. episode. So if you're not in the group and you want to see it, go go join the group and you can see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty famous photograph of that hotel. Okay. And one interesting thing is that underneath the Stanley Hotel, there are underground caves. Now, if you take the 90-minute ghost tour of the hotel and – it's it's important to note you don't actually have to be a guest of the hotel to take the tour. Right. You can just go and take the tour. Um, it, it it ends with a visit to the underground cave system. Now, <clears throat> workers used to move around the hotel in the caves in the early days, so it makes sense that this is kind of a a, a popular place for hauntings. Now, what people experience is unexplained breezes cold spots, things like that. Now, skeptics are going to say, you're underground. This is a, a network of caves. These are not man-made, sure. per se. There's going to be open areas that are going to allow air to come through. Um, you're going to find cold spots. Sure. You know, okay, sure, why not? Um, but this is where there is that high concentration of limestone and quartz, mm-hmm. which, you know, Paranormal enthusiasts like Adam and myself will yes. tell you, you know, these type of stones hold a lot of energy. And when combined with running water, could be considered to be kind of a lightning rod for right. paranormal activity. Right. Okay. Um, so whether you believe it or not, um, you know, there's definitely the right mixture of things for this stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. And there's an awful lot of reports for people to just go, eh, it's just a tourist trap. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Um, To get to this place, it's not a tourist trap. Right. You you got to want to go there. Now, if you're like Adam and myself, you want to go there to experience something. And we've talked about this before. If you go wanting to experience something, you just might because you believe you did. Right. You want it so bad. But really, when you're looking at these stories, you got to think, okay, um, a lot of these are really compelling Mm -hmm. because there's just so many of them. Right. And it's beyond the shadow in the corner of your eye thing. It's more intense. Right. And, And you're not getting... Like I normally try to do is to tell you, Joe Smith of, you know, Walla Walla, Washington said Mm -hmm. that when he stayed at the Stanley Hotel, I I try to do that because I think it adds a little bit of validity to the story. Now, with with these, you're you're getting so many of them that at some point it doesn't matter. I mean, if 300 guests have all experienced something that's very, very similar then you got to believe something's going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if even if it's not paranormal, 
It's something. Right. You know, these people are experiencing something. And it wouldn't be the same mass hallucination, you know. Right, because it's happening over a long period of time. Right, right. You know. It's not at one exact moment. Different different age groups, different sexes, mm-hmm. different backgrounds, different cultures, everything. You know, so no, I don't, that doesn't really fit at all. So, um, but let's talk about briefly some of the individual spirits and, and, and what they like to do. Um, let's start with, with Flo. So Flo Stanley, who was the, uh, the wife of FAO Stanley, the, uh, the founder and, uh, builder of the hotel. So we said she likes to play the piano. She likes to play it early in the morning. Um, much to the annoyance of a lot of people trying to, to sleep in, you know, on their, uh, on their little vacation here. Um, but pictures have been, uh, pictures have been taken of her on the main staircase. So it's very possible that the picture that the gentleman took from Houston was, was Flo Stanley. True. Um, and, and you can, you can see, um, some of these photographs that have been taken of her throughout the hotel, you know, like, Hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the ghost of one of our founders. Right. Um, her, her apparition has also been seen gazing out of the windows of the music room, waiting for her guests. Remember, she loved to entertain. So, you know, she plays the music, she waits for guests and that's, you know, and, and a host standing at the top of the staircase when a guest comes in, you know, that's, that's a very common thing too. Sure. So, um, now, now Mr. Stanley FO or Freeland Stanley. Now his apparition has been seen walking through the main lobby. And at closing time in the main floor bar, his apparition has been seen leaning against the wall with his arms folded as he watches the staff do their duties. And then we've talked about Mrs. Wilson. Now, more than just the the things we mentioned about room 217, Mrs. Wilson's apparition has been seen walking through room 217 into the wall where the connecting door uh, leads to an adjoining room used to be. Um. She's been known to hang up clothes, put away suitcases for the guests, and straighten up the room. And uh, we also talked about her, uh, her, her moral, her moral compass, right? As she likes to squeeze in between unmarried couples that stay in room two seventeen. Um, children, so <laughs> they, the Stanley Hotel has its share of children, as you can tell by the uh, the. The twin girls in The Shining, right? You know this, right? Uh, this definitely left an impression on on Stephen King during sure. his stay. But the sound of children running and playing in the hallways on the fourth floor uh, is very commonly reported. The sounds of children whispering in the closets of the rooms on the fourth floor has also been heard. Uh, one entity of a little boy will try to wake up sleeping children that are staying on the fourth floor because he wants to play. And another entity of a little boy goes to great lengths to be noticed by the living uh, that are staying in the rooms. He turns on the TV really loud and he flickers the lights, you know, and among other few things like moving objects and things like that. And there is a little girl who likes to peek at people from the central staircase. That's just too much. Yeah. She kind of peeks around. There's photographs of her, too. Uh. And now, lastly, there's Lord Dunraven. Now, if you recall, Lord Dunraven was the Irish gentleman that FAO Stanley bought the land for to build the Stanley Hotel. 
Now he still hangs around. Now they think he is he is the uh, the character that's hanging out in room four hundred one, which is the old nanny's break room. Um, he what well, I said that wrong. It's the nanny's old break room. Right, not, not the old nanny. Not the old nanny. They didn't have to be old to live there. <laughs> but he has actually stolen jewelry, and it's usually found later in a different location. Um, and he likes to stay in the closet. So when unsuspecting females go into the closet, he has been known to breathe down their necks or touch their shoulder or reach around their waist. So creepy some old man. Lecherous, lecherous spirits at the Stanley creepy Hotel. Creepy old man. So that's the Stanley Hotel. Um, a really awesome place. As Adam and I said, we we both have have talked about wanting to go there. Um and it just it just made sense that we were going to do an episode mm-hmm. on this place. It's it's pretty cool. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, the sh- the Shining, uh, it's one of it's it's my favorite Stephen King book, and it's it's one of my favorite movies. They're just there's just something about the idea of being alone in a place like that, mm-hmm. you know, secluded, snowed in, that just it lets your mind just. Go nuts yep. playing tricks. You'll on go you. crazy. Yeah, that's right. You know, no beer and no TV make Homer something something. Go crazy. <laughs> Don't mind, mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, go check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. Uh, there you can listen to the show you can find links to purchase our merchandise uh you can become a patron and most importantly right now you can buy tickets to our live event october 20th at hail dark aesthetics in nashville with hillbilly horror stories evp medium and macabre melts so please go to our website check it out we would love to see you there uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram by searching Graveyard Tales. Join our Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. We really have a lot of activity going there. Everybody's cool and nice and has great stories. Um, as always, I say this, it's like a broken record. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the easiest way for people to continue to find us, and it brings more people into the graveyard. So thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Hey.